Art is one of the oldest forms of human expression. From our earliest days as a species, art has been a way to communicate feelings, capture moments in time, and present the world in different ways. It is also one of the earliest professions. Successful artists and artisans have sold their creations as prized possessions and have garnered substantial respect for their vocation. This tradition continues today and remains an exciting path to home-based entrepreneurship for people who have artistic skills and a good business sense, present company excluded. This episode is a discussion with one such artist who, within record time, has turned a new hobby into a growing business. Hi everyone, this is Corey Hyman, host of the Make It and Sell It podcast. This is a show about entrepreneurs who develop new products and then produce, sell, and distribute these products themselves. This field is wide open and can be a fantastic opportunity for anyone who has the passion, skills, and persistence to succeed. Why do people do it? How do they do it? What can we learn from their experiences? Stay tuned to find out if this career path may be right for you. Hi, Marie Victoria. Hey, Corey. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. A few months ago, I started seeing somebody named Maria Victoria Cheka online and seeing these beautiful paintings. And I was wondering if it may be the same Maria Victoria that I know. And sure enough, it is. I didn't remember that you were a painter, but it looks as though you've been a painter and an artist all your life. Could you just say a little bit more about yourself and what you do and a little bit about your art? Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in France and I left France when I was about 19 years old, came to the U.S., um, I raised uh, three children uh, here. I have still the younger one who is home. She uh, is entering her senior year in high school. And um, I was a real estate agent for nine years and never thought of myself as somebody who was artistic. So um, that's why when I knew you, <laughs> there was nothing about art in my life because I, I used to really enjoy and appreciate abstract art, but I never thought of myself as somebody who could produce art. And then, then this changed um, actually two years ago. And what was the change that happened two years ago? This is something so different from real estate and math, the left brain and right brain, very, very different. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as I told you, I always, always really appreciated abstract art. I used to love to go to museums and look at paintings. Um, very, I, I love colors. I've always been very sensitive to colors. Um, but I studied math and, um, again, you know, really thought of myself as somebody you know, who was good at math. And so I left the real estate uh, work and I started uh, working part-time, uh, teaching math at Montgomery College and now at American University. And, uh, but two years ago, um, I had to put my house on the market for rent. It was time for me to move because the house had become too big. My uh, son was uh, going to uh, school at Penn State. He was leaving us. So it was just my daughter and I. And I felt like there was no way I could manage his old, you know, we didn't need that big house. So I thought I want to put it on the market for rent. Back then, um, you know, the house was big. It had lots of empty walls. And as a good real estate agent, I thought, my gosh, I should stage it a little bit. I should make it look a little nicer. And um, my go-to person back then was my daughter, Victoria Cheka. She, uh, she, you know, she would give me for my birthday beautiful paintings and, you know, 
I, I had some few rooms in the house were nicely decorated with our paintings, but I still had a lot of room, a lot of walls that were bare, that were bare. And um, I asked her, you know, can you please produce something for me? Because, you know, I need to put the house and she, she was really busy. She didn't have room in her apartment, so she couldn't do it. Uh, she couldn't produce a big thing. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And um, I had been living in the house and, you know, kind of fixing things a little bit on my own for a while, um, you know, um, looking at YouTube channel on, for example, how to change a thermostat, how to fix the stucco outside, anything that I could do myself, I would try to do. So I, I had kind of taken this habit of kind of trying to solve problems on my own. And suddenly it dawned on me and I was like, oh, but, you know, why don't I give it a shot? Why don't I try to, you know, paint something? And it suddenly it just filled me with like lots of excitement. I, I did have like a collision of feelings when I thought about it because I felt like, well, you know, it, it's probably going to be ugly, but, you know, I've never done that. But then I thought I, I just felt lots of comfort with the idea. So I get really excited. And so this is when I started. I, I started with a house paint that I had in my basement and I tried to make something and that was a little bit of a disaster. Um, I was trying to uh, reproduce the style of Gerhard Richter. He's a German painter who uses a squeegee and the house paint was way too liquid. I mean, there's no way it didn't work. So I went to the local paint store and I asked the guy, you know, do you have something to thick and paint? And he said, what are you using? And I think he was trying to find out whether I was using acrylic or oil, you know, which back then I didn't even know what the difference was between the two. And I said, oh, I'm just using house paint. And he said, well, that's not a very good idea. Maybe you should use, you know, real paint. And so he didn't have to twist my arm very much. Um, I looked at the colors and old paint was a little thicker. So I went for old paint, not knowing what I was getting myself into and bought a whole bunch of colors. I was just really excited, bought, a, you know, a, a canvas, went home and <laughs> started, you know, working on my painting and, that's incredible, Maria Victoria. Yeah. So you are clearly a self-starter, somebody who looks for direction like I do on YouTube or on a podcast and goes from there. Are you telling me, though, that you learned to paint from YouTube? Yeah, techniques. I mean, the stuff about oil, you know, start with lean and put more fat on top. Uh, I learned about acrylic, also watercolor. So these three medium I've, media I've been um, working on in the past two years. And uh, YouTube is just an incredible source. So have you taken any classes whatsoever or have you really just learned your craft from uh, yourself and from uh, your, your inspirations and online? Yes, inspiration from, you know, painters that I admire a lot, like Gerhard Richter, Kandinsky, uh, Miro. I love the Impressionists. Read, you know, I started reading biographies of Van Gogh and reading about Cezanne and Picasso and I just... I just dived into the subject 100%. That's really amazing. I, I don't know very many French words, but I do know the word savant. And when I look at your paintings online, they really look like you've been painting for your entire life, that this is oh. very professional, clearly very artistic. The presentation of the paintings with the backgrounds online is, is amazing. So it really looked as though you had been doing it for years. And I felt so badly that I had never known about this skill of yours because we had been good friends but hadn't seen each other for some time and yeah. it was something that was completely out of the blue so it's just so impressive yeah. to see that you took to it so quickly and then you just started painting and you've done that for the last two years 
Basically, yes. Um, so once the house got rented, uh, I moved to a small apartment in Bethesda. And uh, my um, <clears throat> appetite for painting got a little dampened here because there was no room, first of all. And second, that was in 2018, my son was starting to uh, Penn State where he was kicking uh, on the football team. So I did every weekend, basically, uh, I would go and watch him. So uh, weekends were gone. And um, I started, you know, teaching. So, I mean, it, it was hard to kind of imagine myself uh, painting again in the small apartment, especially because I had done these two big paintings and I had oil um, mostly, and it was hard to manage that in a small uh, apartment. But my friend Lane, whom you know, my good friend Lane, brought me a little uh, art set in November 2018. So from May to November 2018, basically, I did not paint. I stopped. And he bought me that little kit and he said, you know, you should start painting again. And um, he didn't have to twist my arm again. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I looked at the colors again. And, and you know, the acrylic was more manageable in a small place. And this is when I started again. So when you did start again, did you start doing it regularly? Basically, uh, I want to say a lot of my free time, almost all of my free time was spent painting, practicing, researching, learning. Was it the same motivation that you wanted to fill your walls of your apartment? No, back then it was like almost like a need. Like I, I really wanted to express myself on the canvas. And so you started painting, you spent all of your free time painting. And at some point along the way, you decided that you wanted to present your artwork to show others. And even some point after that, then perhaps to even make this part of your business. Yes, that's right. Um, so I just start, started timidly um, opening, creating a uh, Instagram account. I was not in any social media back then. That I'm talking to you about November 2018. So when I started painting more on a regular basis, I thought, oh, you know, why don't I just put stuff out there on Instagram and see what happens? And I started like that. And then I created a Facebook page so that, you know, now more friends and people that I knew could see that what I was doing. And then I think probably in the spring of 2019 is when I thought, oh, you know, but maybe I can actually sell these paintings. People were asking me, oh, you know, do you sell them? How much are they? And so forth. So, and so now then I thought maybe one day I can be a professional painter. Was there a particular moment in time that you knew that it was something that you might be able to do as, as part of your business? Probably when the you know, first person asked me to buy a painting, which was um, a cousin of my kids. Uh, they live in Texas. You know, very nice. And she was like, she came for a wedding and she was like, oh, you know, and she, she could not decide. She was looking, oh, my gosh, I love this one. I love this one. And she was really excited. So I was like, oh, my gosh, actually, yeah, maybe I can sell these paintings. Since that time, you've also had your paintings displayed in competitions and in exhibits right. and have gotten a lot of visibility for, for your work as well. Yeah, I have to say, um, I researched a call for artists in the area, mostly in Washington, in, in Annapolis with the Maryland Federation of Art. I applied for a call for artists. It was a national call for artists. And uh, the uh, jury was known in the art uh, realm and you know i was really lucky that one of my paintings got selected and was uh, shown at uh, the uh, circle gallery in annapolis 
So I was really, really, really proud of that. And then another painting went to uh, the Art League in uh, Virginia. Then I applied to see maybe if I could get some of my paintings in an art show at the Hill Center in Capitol Hill. And, you know, they were really excited. They were, oh my gosh, we love your paintings. They're so colorful, blah, blah. So they went ahead and showed 10, 10 paintings uh, in one of the rooms uh, there. Um, and, and two of them sold to people I didn't even know. So that was really exciting. Interestingly, you started with your painting as a way to improve your home for being able to rent it, but then very quickly started painting for pleasure. And it's only been more recently that you have started to sell your paintings as part of a new business. How have you thought about your art differently after you have started selling some of your paintings? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, there's definitely more pressure maybe to work more at it and get better. If eventually I would like to become a professional 100% time artist. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get there. I am not sure. Um, and also maybe, uh, you yeah, know, that, I mean, that it really becomes, um, something that you need to be really good at and you need to produce. And, and, and so there's more pressure. Definitely. Yes. Is that one of your aspirations to be able to be a full-time artist? Maybe I w- would hope so, but, um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Is it something that you're planning for or what yeah. kinds of steps do you either take in your mind or outside of your mind to be able to prepare to move your own professional career more into art and into painting? Um, I try to reserve um, three days per week for painting. So usually uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I really try to dedicate these three days for just painting. And um, right now I'm going to be teaching five classes in the fall. So that's a lot. Uh, Monday through Thursday. So I'm going to try to really restrict that time for the teaching. And in general, within a day, if I have several hours of teaching, it's hard for me to add some time to paint. I have a hard time switching gears like that during the day. But um, if I reserve the three days, usually Friday is more like getting back back into the groove, exploring, thinking of what I want to do. And then Saturday and Sunday is more when I produce. And I really want to kind of push myself to do that more on it, more and more on a regular basis. And as you produce, are you thinking more about your interests and to know that there are people out there who think like you do? Or do you also have people who say, Maria Victoria, I would love for you to paint this scene or use these colors. How do you think about your production? That's a really good question, actually, because um, I was ju- I just was um, at Dr. Carter's office um, on Friday. Um, she bought two paintings. Uh, she's located in Sibley. She's a renowned um, cosmetic surgeon here in DC, and um, she was telling me, "Oh my gosh, you know, I, I love one of the paintings that a friend of mine bought in France. She loved this painting, and you know, I love something like that." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, okay, I'm gonna try to recreate that, but it is still very hard for me to do." I don't think I've, every time I start a painting and I think I'm going to do something, you know, I'm, I have an idea in my head, uh, almost, it nev- almost never ends up how it originally, I, how I originally thought it was going to be. So I'm still have a hard time controlling my impulses and my... 
do you have to control your impulses or perhaps maybe, maybe that's not. the secret of your success yeah i don't know maybe not i mean you know i mean <clears throat> it's all very spontaneous there's not much planning i'm not very good in general at planning um and um i just go with the flow i i start something and i think i'm going to do something and i see it takes a different turn and i'm like okay so and i start working with it and i and i just go with the flow this is how i work so for commissions it's been a little challenging still <laughs> i remember that earlier in my career the advice that i received is that i should not use my hobby as a career that i would become so enmeshed with the business aspect of it that I wouldn't enjoy it anymore and that it, we should preserve those things that we love as hobbies and keep them away from us as professions. Now, obviously, somebody like you and others who we've interviewed and others who I've studied have turned their passions and their hobbies into very viable businesses and love what they do all day, every day. How do you think about that question? Are you happy that you have started to do commissions at least as part of your painting or has it been a bit of a mistake? Not at all. Um, that's a really good question too. Um, you know, I'm it, again. I'm just starting. I'm evolving. My points of view change all the time. But uh, as far as commissions, it's a bit challenging. But uh, I'm hoping to be able to get uh, more control of what I do. First of all, and second, I do not believe in my case that uh, turning my hobby into uh, a profession has been a mistake. I just love. I don't think I've been ever happier than now doing what I really love to do, which is paint. And also I am really happy to have um, the other profession, you know, the part-time teaching math, which, you know, I love math and that's something completely different. It takes me to another place, um, but I also love doing that. So ideally, you know, if I could do a, if I could mostly be a painter and have some time to part-time teach, I, I would be extremely happy. I would imagine, too, that your experience in real estate and in other parts of the private sector have helped as you've thought about the business aspects of commissions and turning your hobby into a career. So, for example, contracts or negotiations, thinking about pricing, thinking about forums to be able to present your work, thinking about the ways that you would talk about it to maximize your commissions and your sales as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess, um, you know, exposure, I think, is really the key um, for uh, business in art and negotiations. Um, yes, pricing a piece of art is, is not easy. Um, and um, this, these are business aspects that, yes, I have had to figure out also. Um, but right now, because I felt like I was starting, I think I was, I was trying to be reasonable with my prices. And then, you know, as I go along, I'll see, I, I may change, you know, they may go a little higher because I'm a little short on inventory. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, it, definitely, um, uh, being a real estate agent and having to manage my own business in a way also was uh, a nice way to, to prepare for that career in art. What have been some of the surprises about the business side of art? Uh, let's see. Um, not just, you know, when I have somebody call me and say, you know, I, I really would like to buy some of your paintings. These are really, really happy surprises. And I question myself all the time. I'm like, okay, am I going to be able to produce something that I really like? Um, you know, what what's coming next? Am I done? Was it just, you know, momentary? And then I get this email or this text and somebody says, you know, like the last time um, somebody contacted me, she wanted to buy five paintings and um, she ended up being, buying four. One of them, I was not happy with it. I felt like there was something that I didn't like about it. So 
I didn't sell it, but so, um, and then, you know, obviously every time that a painting gets accepted into an art show or anything like that, it's a very happy surprise. Um, also, for example, I've had, um, um, how do you say, leads from uh, workplaces. So for example, um, I used to be a real estate agent at TTR Sotheby's International Reality here in DC. And um, Dave DeSantis, who is one of the uh, manager of the office, offered to me to, to uh, op do the opening of one of their new offices with an art show with some of my paintings. So that was really exciting. That was pre-COVID. <laughs> so let's see what happens. Um, pre-COVID. And then uh, also uh, at, uh, in the math department at American University, uh, I got in, enlisted into some uh, art project. And part of the uh, reward was, was going to uh, be that my, one of my paintings was going to be uh, on a, a metal print displayed in the um, hallways of um, the um, math department at AU. So that was another very nice surprise. That's wonderful. I also know that you come from a very artistic family. In fact, you introduced me to your brother, who is a famous baker in San Francisco. He makes amazing croissant with chocolate. So I had the pleasure of going to his bakery as well. So clearly, there is the artistic gene in your family. Yes. And uh, actually, that was um, uh, really great because um, just recently, he uh, had one of my paintings um, printed on metal print. He has the original at home and it's hanging there in Asico. And uh, right now, unfortunately, people cannot come inside the bakery to eat the croissants yet. But uh, hopefully very soon after COVID, people will come in and, and they will see, be able to see the painting. So I, I was very pleased about that. That was another very happy uh, surprise. That must be very satisfying to know that your artwork is displayed in places around the world and will be there for so many people to enjoy for so many years to come. Yes, definitely. And you mentioned, obviously, that the world has changed since COVID. How has it changed your your artwork and your the business part of your art? Not much. You know, I work from home. I love that. It is hard. It is very hard because, I again, I am in a small two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment in Bethesda. So I basically transformed uh, the living area into a studio. And um, so, but I love to work from home because uh, I sometimes lay down on my sofa. I, I think, I look for inspiration. I look at you know, different things. And then suddenly I see it and I have to work then. So I would not like to have my studio somewhere else in another place. I love to be, to have the studio at home, if you can call that. So COVID-19, because of that, has not really changed much of anything. And I've also been lucky that I have actually sold, um, I think maybe more art during COVID than before. So I was going to ask about the demand side and whether it's affected people's interest in art and their ability to purchase art at this time. Not so far, um, you know, I've, and, and again, because I've been so busy with other stuff, I haven't been able to produce uh, as much as I want to. So I'm a little short on inventory. So, <laughs> so far, so good. That's a good problem to have. As somebody who came to art in such a different way, you may not have as much of a, a community of artists that you have grown up with. What has been your experience in working and learning from others? Um, I haven't had much of exchanges, physical, I haven't been in touch physically with other uh, artists very much, but on Instagram, you know, constantly um, 
there is a little community of uh, artists that follow me and that I follow that, you know, communicate with each other. We congratulate each other on different things. Um, there is another uh, artist locally that I know we've spoken about getting together for coffee, but, you know, we haven't had a chance. But, but we do, you know, kind of have some exchanges on Instagram, um, mostly. But not, that much, not much more than that. I mean, I was a little insulated at the beginning, especially when I started. Not much communication with anybody else. Is it something that you think would be useful at this stage of your development to have a community either online or locally of people to talk to who are going through similar experiences to share with each other or to learn from each other? Yeah, probably. That would not be a bad thing at all. Um, yes, it would be nice. And I'm sure the podcast is going to help that. Well, I am about the furthest thing from an artist that you would ever find. Um, my skills are quite limited. I'm very, very analytical, very limited in my creative ability. To, but um, I'm very lucky in that my wife's family, her grandmother, her mother, and she are amazing artists. And my great aunt was an artist as well. So we have paintings all over our home. And I look at paintings every day and derive such pleasure from the vision and the scenes and the colors and the feelings that I get from paintings that it is something that's a very important part of life. I really appreciate what you do and am so excited to see your successes even just two years into this new journey. So a huge congratulations to you and I wish you much success. Thank you very much. Marie Victoria, if people would like to learn more about your art, what is the best way to do that? Well, I have a website. Uh, it's called mvcheka, like my last name, C-H-E-C-A, uh, uh, com. Fantastic. And I will put that in the show notes as well so that people can find you. I can't okay. thank you enough. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, no, I just want to uh, say thank you for, um, you know, this chance to... Uh, explain how you know it all happened and um also just want to say that um i'm very grateful for all the support i've gotten from my family uh from my kids my mom my father my my uh, <clears throat> my brother my sister um even the family of my ex-husband you know my very good friends uh lane and and um uh, and also people uh I, I've been working with um, new friends I've made along the way and all their support has been crucial. So <clears throat> if anybody wants to start something from home, uh, it's really important to get lots of encouragement and support. I cannot be thankful enough for that. Absolutely. And it's well-deserved. You really do create uh, amazing, amazing art. So again, best of luck. Thank you very much and, and have a good rest of your day. Thanks for listening today. This has been the Make It and Sell It podcast with Corey Hyman. Please subscribe, let us know what you think, and stay tuned for future episodes.